Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. Your line is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Friday night fellowship and Bible study. Appreciate you ones in attendance tonight, and I appreciate the ones that's going to listen later on as well. We'll be in part two of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in a little while, but before we get uh, started with uh, dealing with uh, partaking of the Lord's communion, which is the latter part of chapter 11, we're going. I'm going to go and mention, talk a little bit more, and show the way you come to conclusions when you're studying, how you have to find the context about like we were dealing with the blood I brought up about the blood the other night, and we went to Joel 9. Joel chapter 3, excuse me, and uh, read about the cleansing of the blood that's going to take place during the day of the Lord, during the millennial period. And uh, I mentioned that the other verse, the second witness to that was in Isaiah somewhere. It left my memory, but I found I went right to it. After I got to the chapter, I knew what verse it was. It was chapter 4, verse 4. We want to show you two contexts. Both will be the same. It'll be the day of the Lord, or in the, during the millennial reign. The day of the Lord is not a one age, but twenty-four hour day. It's an age that goes on out into eternity. It's day, and it it'll it'll begin, and it'll the day of the, the day of the Lord is the day of wrath, and goes out into the millennial age, and goes out on into eternity. So um, that's where we're headed tonight, and then we'll we'll get into the latter part two of. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Brother Dave, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Brother Dave. I had to mute on. (laughs) Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, and we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness tonight any sin that comes to our mind lord we pray that you forgive us from any that's known or unknown we pray that the holy spirit come tonight and dwell in in the midst of us and teach us through the anointing on pastor don the teaching anointing and we pray that the holy spirit convict us and also bring to reality those things in the teaching that we personally need to listen to and hear and study and do and father in the name of jesus i pray for all those who have needs out there i pray for cammy's unspoken request lord i pray that the answer would be forthwith coming lord i pray that it it comes speedily and if there's um, a reason why it can't come immediately lord i pray that the answer as to why 
would come. And Lord, we know that you're working in that family and that you love them and that they're washed by the blood of Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, any hindering demon spirits that are trying to hinder their work, their lives, their Christian walk. And Father, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, we pray those demons be taken out of the way, bound, removed, their plans destroyed in Jesus' name. And Father, I also lift up to you our other brothers and sisters, Chad and Maureen, Lord, I pray that you continue to teach them, use them, bless them and cause them to continue in their walk with the Lord. Brother Brian in England, Lord, I pray for him and Damien and Brittany that they would continue to be blessed and strengthened in the Lord, continue to walk and, and to be a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for Brother Joe in Vancouver. Lord, we haven't heard from him in a long time. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that he's doing well, that he's serving you. And if not, Lord, I pray that you convict him where he needs to come up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up David Hummel and, and Brother Haller and Merv in Ireland, Lord. I pray that you would cause them to serve you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love you and to serve their brothers and sisters, Lord, and to study the word to show themselves approved. And for all, all the brothers and sisters, far too many to mention here right now, Lord, I pray that you meet them this week, Lord, that they have encounters with you where they know they've met with the Lord. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, so be it, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, Brother Dave, go to Joel chapter 3 and start at verse 9. Okay. Get, get, like I said, get uh, Isaiah chapter 4 in one hand and go to Joel chapter 3. Okay. I tell you what, we'll, let's go to Isaiah first, just because okay. it, chronologically it comes before Joel, and it's one That's... of the major prophets where Joel's one of the minor prophets. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Notice as we go down through here when Brother Dave starts reading in verse 1 in Isaiah chapter 4 that the context is going to be the day of the Lord. And he's going to read the whole chapter. But when he gets to verse 4, you're going to notice that the Lord's going to talk about the purging of the blood, even tell you how it's going to be done. All right, then we'll go to Joel and you'll see the context is the same. The day of the Lord, like I explained in the introduction, and you take these two for the phraseology in both contexts is dealing with a purging or a cleansing of blood. So you build a doctrine concerning this, this doctrine, the truth, the uh, truth, and that's what doctrine is, is truth. You build a doctrine like that. You just can't take a random verse of scripture out of the Bible that's out of context. Like you wouldn't take a, a, a verse out of one of the books where it was talking about Joseph was on his way, so-and-so, and he uh, got his hands dirty with blood, and he washed his hands with blood. You wouldn't take that verse, wouldn't have anything to do with what we're talking about here. When I made mention and emphasized there's, got some, there's more to this blood business than meets the natural eye. There's a reason that for ages, age upon age down through the centuries there's been a there's been a saying that people use called blue blood you ever thought about that oh they're they're blue bloods 
Really? What does that really mean? Now, I mean, this has, what does it mean, blue blood? They come from the blue blood. What's blue blood? Why, why would that come into the vernacular? You just think somebody thought it up? No, there's something to the blood, and that ain't got nothing to do with the good side of the blood business. This blue blood stuff. But that's as far as I'm going to go with that. That's got something to do with the mixed strength. That's got something to do with Genesis 6, the blue blood business. It's got to do with how the angels, the blood that came somehow got through the flood and got into the post-Diluvian era. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and children were born unto them, okay? That blue blood goes all the way back to them, and it got turned into just a saying that meant, oh, well, they're from a highfalutin, they're societal people like the Rothschilds or the Habsburg, the Warbirds or somebody like that. Well, hmm, there's something to that. The rich men of the earth that James talks about in James chapter 4. Those rich men of the earth where God call, calls down wrath on it's, it's got something to do with the, the rich men of today. The 1% that you heard me talking about, and the less than 1%. And if you take it into the spiritual realm, it goes right on into the angelic core that me and Brother Dave were talking about and mentioned quite often. And uh, we're going to do some more studying on that topic about angels and fallen angels and more in-depth with the scripture instead of just me quoting scripture and telling you what the word of God says, but just reading the scripture and letting you understand where the doctrine and where the theology comes from between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. That's what I plan on doing right now unless the Lord changes my mind. But anyway, we'll start out with... Uh, Isaiah chapter 4, and let Brother Dave read Isaiah 4, and then you'll go to Joel 3, and you'll see the context are the same, and notice the phraseology in verse 4, and then when we go to Joel 3, notice the phraseology in the last verse in Joel 3, and you'll see the context are the same. The day, the great and terrible day of the Lord, and also the millennial, the millennial age as you'll see, as Brother Dave reads. So take it away, Brother Dave. Yes, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, 
and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof. Say that phraseology, folks. Say that phraseology. And did you see where it mentioned there? It talked about in the about something of the living. What is that in contrast to? It's in contrast to the dead. Anyway, go ahead, Brother Dave. Yes. Shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from storm and from rain. It's, uh, it's the same as what happened in um, the Exodus. Yeah, oh, you know, absolutely. The, the cloud by day and the burning pillar of fire by night. Absolutely. God so, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And would that blood then have a parallel as well with the Exodus story? Yep. It sure would. It sure would. That's where mm -hmm. you first find, that's where you see the, the Levitical laws given out, the Mosaic law given out. Yes. Tells you the life of the flesh and the blood. It gives you the right. ordinances of staying away from menstrual blood and yes. not partaking of blood. And the context is there, folks. Nobody and, rests in the verse of scripture to our own right. destruction. We're we're pulling out doctrinal truth, doing it the way the Bible says to do it. Okay, and not Just, mixing the races as well. That's right in there in Exodus and Leviticus. That's right. There'll be a division. There'll be a, there'll be a, you know, like in segregation, you're going to get it when the Lord comes back with the ones that are alive. Like it mentioned in contrast to the ones that are dead here in Isaiah 4. Right. He wouldn't just read that verse again, brother, when it talks about the living. And notice how he says it, see? Brother Dave read it. Okay. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. Uh -huh. See there? Mm -hmm. So that's in that's in contrast to the ones that are dead. <laughs> right. And the ones that are dead will be resurrected according to Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. That's correct. And they, and they obviously will have cleansed blood in their resurrected bodies. Absolutely. 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 Be purified. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but the living also will be purged. That's correct. That's interesting. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's, and that doesn't mean that, oh, well, uh, since my blood's going to be purged, it doesn't matter what I do. No, it doesn't you know, mean that. <laughs> That's how some people think, though, right? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. They're going to take the path of least resistance, brother, all yes. the time. Right. There's still, 
there'll still be a penalty to pay for those Absolutely. sins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Judgment and fire is pretty rough, okay? <laughs> Ooh. Yes, by indeed. The spirit of burning, by the spirit oh, yeah. Of by the spirit of burning, like uh, Corinthians, yeah, right where there, you pass right through there, the fire. Right there yeah. in verse four. Yeah, I never made the connection until you reset it. Yeah, the uh, in Corinthians, how we pass through the fire and our works are tested. Yeah. Mm, the spirit of burning. <laughs> the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. Therefore, knowing the care of the Lord will persuade man. Okay, verse five. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a peace place of refuge and for a covert from storm and from rain end of chapter six verses Amen. before we get before we get to joel let me just make this comment about the different ages in the scripture and civilization everything from in the beginning of genesis 1 to revelation 22 how things, Brother Dave mentioned it the other night, we've taught it numerous times, how things get, like in the book of Judges, everybody's right with the Lord and serving God, and then they boop, bump that head, and they, they go get in the sand, and then the Lord has to beat the brains out and send them a deliverer, and they get back serving the Lord, and then boop, bump that head again, all over again. Well, every age happens the same way. Even the millennial age, it starts out good. Everything gets cleaned up. With and the millennial age is the most the most mystifying of all, but it's to prove a point. The millennial age starts out with Christ reigning on the throne of David, with Jesus Christ here with the mark still in his side, mark in his side, holes in his hands and feet. Ruling with a rod of iron, and it still winds up in apostasy. Every age begins good and winds up in apostasy. Even with the people able to see the king of kings sitting on the throne, seeing the 12 ruling from Jerusalem, ruling the 12 tribes. Even with that being seen, they still reject the truth and come up against the Lord in the end and the lord has to wipe them all everything out by fire destroy the earth and start all over again that's the way every age starts off good and winds up in the pits and the millennial age is the most intriguing because it takes place with the lord here where there can't be nobody doubting he exists there's no there's no doubt because he's right there for anybody to see and be under his rulership and they still reject him and that's god's way of proving the point that man in his natural state is altogether vanity and there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not and man left to himself 
in his own flesh and blood state will always fall and always bite the dust and degenerate without some kind of supernatural intervention. Man is innately wicked. He is not innately good. There's all this liberal church fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man is a bunch of poppycock. Everybody running around, well, I ain't never done that. Well, I ain't never done that. Sin dwells in you, dude. It's not a matter of what you've committed on the outside. It's the sin nature that's in you that has to be cleansed. And this is the, the, the sweetest age, the sweetest period of time that God laid out in his seven-fold plan. It's the age of grace. And the Lord told Thomas, you, Thomas, you believe because you have seen more blessed are those that are going to believe that have not seen and that's the period of time that you live in right now the period of grace and faith and it's all got to do with believing in something that you can't see serving and loving somebody you can't see and taking god's word at face value end of story you can like it or lump it that's the way god has it planned now we'll go to joel 9 and we'll see the phrase uh, before to... before we go to joel chapter 3 um you know I mean, we were talking three, i'm sorry i keep yeah. saying nine because first, first nine right so um I just generally looked up pictures of DNA and blood. And when I was scrolling through some of the pictures here, you can see it on your screen. There's a replication of the DNA in its tests of bloodborne DNA pinpoint tissue damage. Okay. Do you see that there? I'm on, on my, in my Bible right now, bro. Let me go over there and get. Oh, okay. Here. Just look at the screen. Well, anyways, it's showing, yeah, it. it's showing a tissue damage in the DNA. And now I can't verify. I kind of skimmed through the article just very briefly, but you can see that the color of the damaged or foreign bodies that, uh, that our DNA are colored two colors of blue, a darker blue and a lighter blue. Mm -hmm. Now I can't verify whether that's just the color that they put on it to there to show that there's this different tissue, or that that's actually what the tissue color is. I mean, if you look at the red blood cells, it's red like your blood. So, but you know, in line with, I just thought it was very interesting that tests of bloodborne DNA point to you know, tissue damage, foreign tissue. If you go through it, you'll see this is foreign tissue. It could be cancer cells. It can be other things. They're actually this blue color. That is, that's, that is fascinating. Yeah, so the uh, foreign DNA would maybe not be the same color as our DNA. It might be the blue. So that's like you were saying on, along the lines of the angelic angels having their dna in our blood or you know not in ours personally me and you but in people's 
but blood that are royals. Are there genetic manipulations? Say yes. That. Yeah, and it could show up in uh, under a microscope. That's right. It sure could. And I'm sure that it does. You just don't hear about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they as wouldn't tell us. As a matter of fact, you did hear about it, but the guy, Watson and Crick, got, oh, shut, yes. and Watson got shut down, and you, nobody ever talked about what he said when he talked about black DNA. Right. It was not like everybody else's DNA, and they shut him down. Right. They, exactly. they, they absconded him from, from the... Uh, realms of uh, <laughs> his genius and what there used to be articles you could find on that and it's almost impossible to find now that's i'm correct. not saying that, yeah you probably have to go on the dark web which i don't recommend uh yeah that's me that's the best thing yeah yeah i mean I, i'm not recommending it at all you know if god leads you there so be it not dave kennedy okay so joel chapter three yeah verse nine proclaim ye okay proclaim ye this among the gentiles prepare war wake up the mighty men let all the men of war draw near let them come up beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither, cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. The most mighty ones yes. are the forum. yeah, those Gaborim. So those are that's an inference to those with a giant dna correct that's exactly right because in isaiah it tells you in isaiah chapter 13 it uses the exact same phrase cause thy mighty ones to come down yes same, same hebrew word for both of them and the mighty ones that are go down to the pit that's right yeah Anyway, it's the day of the Lord. This is the day of the Lord. When you when you're reading in the scriptures in the Old Testament, and even in the New, when you see in that day, in that day, ninety percent of the time it's a reference to the day of the Lord. And like I said, that day of the Lord is not a twenty-four hour day. It's the day of an eternal God, which starts out and then goes on out into eternity you know and it, it continues on god's never-ending day it's spoken it's been referenced by theologians in the past god's never-ending day anyway can keep on brother day see you reading. okay verse 12 let the heathen be awakened and come up to the valley of jehoshaphat for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in, valley of, in the valley of decision. 
Yeah, that's so sun you'll and find, you can find the cross reference in the book of Revelation. So go up they, they, it's the Battle of Armageddon. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. That's what it's talking about. In the Valley of Decision. And you know there's in that one place geologically and historically speaking, that's probably there's been more battles fought in that valley, in that plain than any other place on earth. There's probably been more battles, national battles fought right there over the period, over the period of 6,000 years. And that's where the final battle is going to take place because the last battle of Gog and Magog ain't even no battle to it. It's just boop, then the Lord takes care of it all and it's all over, period. Boom. Fire comes down from heaven and devours them all and boop, you have a new earth, boom. Continue on, brother. Verse 15. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be a, a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. Anybody so that, that can't speak the time together of those two verses, those phraseologies in the same context, don't know anything about Bible study. Period. Nothing. No, no. Nothing. What messes you up is the ones that try to allegorize and tell you that oh it just means this and all those other words that the, that you see written down are just a bunch of fluff that's where the problem comes in and trying to change god's word instead of a literal interpretation anyway that's what i want so to this, say um, the question here then would be for i will cleanse their blood that i have not cleansed for the yep. lord dwelleth in zion so that would be reference to those who haven't received the lord jesus christ as lord and That's savior exactly those because we come back with the lord in glorified bodies with no blood we don't need no blood our body is just like the lord's and there's no blood there's no blood in the angels there's no there was no blood in the lord in his resurrected body and our body will be just like his according to paul and john yes and according to the Lord himself, when he said, 
And when they were bickering over marriage and divorce with the Lord, he said, in the resurrection, they're neither marrying nor given in marriage, for they are as the angels in heaven. No blood. Yes. This, is, this, this purging and everything has got to do with the dry bones and with natural Israelites that make it through the period of Jacob's trouble. Period. Yes, yes. They will be in bodies of flesh. That's right. That's I'll be exactly. in perfected bodies of flesh, but that that's exactly well perfected to as far as cleansed, but still there'll be they still have to do sacrifice and everything yes. else. They'll still be they'll still be fought. They'll yes. still be but what I mean by that is that they're not subject to the diseases, although there's some reference, there's the reference that the, the leaves are for the healing and so forth. Oh, yeah. So I, I so they're, but the children they, they live uh, extended lives and have like miraculous health to some degree. Exactly what I was fixing to say. Oh, okay. That's well said. That's exactly what I was fixing to explain. Yeah. Children will be called a child at 100 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. Praise the Lord for that. But, you know, I sure would rather be among the elect who are coming back with the Lord Jesus Christ. I any day. part of that. That's right. I'm glad I'm going to be where I'm going to be because it's going to be my eye had not seen or ear heard and I was entered the heart of my You know what I mean? Uh, Amen. Beyond Amen. imagination. Yes. Judging angels, judging the world. See, we're going to judge those people. Right. Right. Judge angels. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians six. Yes. People can't, they can't just get it. They just can't seem to understand and tie this stuff together. I, it, it befuddles me. Okay. Maybe it's because I've just been in the book, been saved for so many years, and been in the books so long. But it befuddles me. How people can't wrap their minds around this. To me, it's simple. I've never had any problem with it. I don't. I, I don't understand. It, it, it just comes down, to, as far as I'm concerned, to believing what God says. Period. That's that's the end of story for me. Period. And it, it makes me wonder sometimes how you can read when it says, "Ye shall judge angels, and ye shall judge the world." how somebody with any spiritual sense at all can't figure out, well, if that's true, and the Corinthians are going to judge angels and judge the world, how can you be in the shape to judge angels and judge the world if you hadn't done been judged yourself? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, David? Yes, indeed. We have to be judged. And these idiots that try to say, oh, there's only one judgment. That's the great white throne. Judgment. But they don't have no they don't have no biblical sense. Those two verses right there ought to make everybody understand there's two judgments. The judgment, there's judgment for works for Christians and judgment of sin and works for the lost. And we're gonna judge them. Or either the book's a lie. Like me and one of the brothers was talking this week on the telephone. Either God's telling the truth or he's lying. If he's lying about one part of the book, he may be able to lie somewhere else. Might as well just go get drunk, stay drunk, die like a dog. That's how important believing this book is. 
And I'm not going to get ranting about that again because I wanted to make this kind of short program tonight. So go ahead, Brother Dave. We'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 now. Okay. Start at verse 17 where we left off. That's right. Paul's fixing to deal with communion of the Lord. We've been over this many times, and it won't be too long before we'll take communion again. We've, um, I think it's been a few, it's been about uh, five or six, seven months, eight months maybe since we took communion, but we won't be too long until we have communion again on air. So, uh, Brother Dave, go ahead and get started. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When Man, you come together. Just a second, brother. That's so prevalent today in the body of Christ. There's so many heresies out there, and those heresies are supposed to be used to show what is true. It's to make you study the right way and to see where this heresy stuff is wrong. See? It's there for reason. The Lord allows it to happen. Paul says it's necessary. Because if you just had the heresy and didn't have the truth, you got to have both to be able to find out which one's right. You have to have a, a yardstick, find a ruler to find out what a foot is. Hope you understand that simple third grade illustration. Because if you want to make, a, if one person wants to make a foot twelve and a quarter inches, and another one wants to make a foot. 12 and three quarter inches and one wants to make it 12 inches and by all three of them claiming they're right well which one of them's right if there's not a, a, a form of measurement that's absolute absolutely and you know taking that example to a, a bigger extent would be that metrology is the science of measurement and uh, in uh, metrology they had used gauges they're blocks to set micrometers, and now we use electronic vernier calipers and so forth. But these blocks still exist, they're metal blocks, and they're in one of the science institutes locked up. And certain instruments are gauged by that block. And then uh, those approved instru instruments are sent out and other uh, equipment is measured against that one that was measured by the the scientific blocks that are kept under in the safe for measuring all of the united states measuring instruments so everyone in every american company uses the same exact measurement that comes from the original blocks that are under lock and key and just like the word of god that original word of God is the original block that all other sayings, all other things are measured by to be exact by what the Lord's standard is. Just like what you're saying, it's true. If we go to such extent with worldly measuring devices to do it that way, 
what would the Lord have any less of a measurement? That's 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 just plain common sense, you know. I don't yes. know why people have such a problem they they can't read Psalms twelve for the Lord swears and promises that his word is perfect. It's been tried seven times and he's gonna keep his words, not his meanings. He's gonna keep yes. his word forever. Amen. Absolutely. Every single vowel, every single alphabetic letter, every every period, every dotted I, it's not to be changed or messed with. Every jot and tittle. Amen. Absolutely. And you can't have five different you can't have five different measurements. You can't have five different words of God. There's got to be one that God has put his stamp of approval on. And it don't take a genius with an honest heart to figure out which one that is. Amen. Continue reading, brother. Verse 20. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. One is hungry and another is drunken. What? Now, this is what they were doing. They were called, They were claiming the Lord's Supper was this big feast where the rich folks would get in one corner and they'd bring all their luxurious food and wine and, and all their luxurious food. And then you'd have the poor saints in one corner that didn't have hardly anything to eat. And it was a, causing division in the church. And they was calling this the Lord's Supper, the communion. And then Paul said, it ain't got squat to do with the communion. And it... The Baptists down south went so they were they took this so particular were so particular about this that they would build a fellowship hall or either call it dinner on the grounds to have this love feast. It's a love feast, is what it is. It's separate from the communion. It's called a love feast. It's after the Lord and them had eaten their supper that the Lord took communion and said, Here, take of this take of this cup and eat of this bread. It was after they'd done eat the other stuff. The other was the love feast. So down south, they built, the Baptists built fellowship halls separate from the assembly where they would eat supper or dinner, dinner on the, or either have dinner on the grounds as a love feast and take communion in the sanctuary. They understood it that much. And most people have a clue, don't have a, a clue about that. But that's what Paul's talking about. And that's what they got in trouble about. So you're going to see that the Lord had to kill some of them, make some of them sick, and beat some of them, beat them on, beat them, beat them, beat them, beat them on the head. You're going to see, Paul's going to tell you in the last few verses. Because the manner that when which they partook of communion, they were calling this communion, and it, it was they were doing it wrong. They, this is doing it unworthily, which is an adverb. Keep in mind, it's they didn't. It's got nothing to do about being worthy. Nobody's worthy to partake of communion. But worthily is the manner in which it's done. And this was the manner in which they were doing it. And Paul's going to explain that some didn't have none. Some were drunk. 
Some of them didn't even get drunk at this thing. They had it all screwed up like they did everything, just about everything else. They were the most screwed up assembly that Paul dealt with. And anybody that goes to 1 Corinthians is, is when he starts dealing with sign gifts to try to get their doctrine pronounced, they're crazy. Because this is the most corrupt carnal church in the New Testament. Period. That's why he's that's why he's having to rail on them like he is. He he's like I told you, like I've laid this thing out in kind of an outline form. Have we been we've been through it? How it started off and what Paul's had to do is he's going through that. Like he said, this is an ordinance. In the church, this is not a a holy sacrament. This is an ordinance. And now, what it says in the first few verses now concerning the ordinances. Yes, <clears throat> yes. I don't know if anybody can miss it, but they do because they don't want it to be that. They want it to be what they want it to be. Continue reading, brother Dave. Okay, verse twenty-two. What have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do shew the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now remember, let, I explained to you this adverb, unworthily, it's the manner in which it's done. It's got nothing to do with the individual partaking. It's got to do with the act of partaking, the way it's done. Anybody that knows third, fourth grade English can understand that. And, and a lot of, even in some of the churches, the good churches that I've been in, I guess they get so mystical about this, they'll have everybody coming down and confessing, oh, they'll be crying and bawling and squalling before they partake of communion because they don't want to catch the wrath of God about eating and, eating and drinking the the um, eating the body of uh, the Lord and drinking his blood unworthily when it's got nothing to do with them individually it's got to do with the way they do it that's as clear as crystal in the context it's the way it's done he just got through telling them that it was in the way it was done and that's what the unworthily is about. Like I said, there's nobody worthy. We're all sinners. Paul claimed to be the chiefest of sinners. And 
I made fun, make a joke about it all the time. That's the only mistake in the King James Bible because he Paul claims what I am. I consider myself to keep it specific. <laughs> Talking to a brother about that today on the telephone. Paul called himself a wretched man. The saved Paul, oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And people just want to get it so wrong and try to paint it their self-righteousness and their own righteousness instead of just resting on God's righteousness. It's a shame. Yes, it sure is. Verse 28, brother. Yes. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Oh, I, I, I guess in that example you said there, um, but let a man examine himself. They forgot that part. Not oh, to absolutely. go up, <laughs> to confess it all to the whole yeah, church. Right. says examine himself. Yeah. Interesting. The word has all the answers. Yes, Verse 29. Amen. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now that that that's not eternal damnation. That's temporary damnation. If you don't believe me, go look it up. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. Crema. That's right. It's not contacrema. Contacrema right. is eternal damnation. Right. Crema is temporary damnation, temporary judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Continue reading. Okay. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For See, there, that, that's, that's the punishment the Lord was dealing out on these Corinthians for not partaking of communion the right way. That's what Paul has spent the last 10 verses explaining. Ten young brother. Yes. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged but first when john we are <laughs> first john uh, one yes yes mm -hmm. amen but when we are judged we are chastened of the lord that we should not be condemned with the world that condemned, that condemned right there is contacrema check it out oh okay make sure i'm right uh yep Katakrima. There you are. Mm -hmm. That's eternal damnation, folks. Continue on, brother. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And, and if there's you a chastise, and just to throw in the chastisement in the book of Hebrews, and if you be without chastisement, whereby all are partakers, then are you a bastard and not a son. Amen. Amen. Good verse. 
so it's exactly what you're saying it's not eternal condemnation it's chastening that's exactly that right suffering. that's what prima is prima is a chastening a temporary judgment of the lord for wrongdoing and disobedience like a, yes. a father whoops his kid okay like your daddy yes. taking his mouth off to you contra is eternal separation from god and damnation that's the difference yes. in the word and you can tell it in the context in the english you don't have to go to the greek if you just pay it if you knew english yeah who knows english today who pays any attention to third grade english anymore you know they yeah. don't know what a prepositional phrase is from a participle or anything it's crazy it's nuts but anyway whatever it's not my fault it's the ones the leaders of this country and the, the, the degeneration of the educational system and blah 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 and so on and, and telephones and all this texting they have no, their own don't, language don't get me started on that brother please I, i'll be here for we'll be here for another hour you well it totally destroys the english language all this absolutely. text absolutely it destroys it all this omgs and yes fyis and all that uh, that's of this world people yeah that's of this world and the fashions of this world fadeth away paul told you that in first corinthians 7. right then you get caught up in the world you just get swallowed up and you wind up going along running with the flow so nobody the peer pressure of this world is so strong the father knew that he knew that the peer pressure of the of the surround that hey we've never been in the majority man right the world's always been against us and condemned us for what we did why do you think it's any different now than it was during the time of the martyrs and time of the lord hey he said the world hated me he's gonna hate you <laughs> and if the world don't hate you what does that say about you mm. you it, it says you either keep your mouth shut and don't do what you're supposed to do to give the world a chance to hate you or either you're not his that's what it says that's um, quote unquote un, my interpretation which is not an interpretation but a fact if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him okay i'll just give you the verses ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with god any man that be a friend of this world is the enemy of god go to james 4 4 brother read okay it <sighs> i think i make his stuff up <laughs> james 4 4 ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with god whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of god isn't that what i quoted brother yes it is <clears throat> excuse me 
Okay. That's enough. Continue on. We'll finish it out, brother. Okay. Verse 33. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Absolutely. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you take the teaching tonight. Though it's been short and sweet, use it for your honor and glory. And may the Spirit of God take it and deal with the hearts of the listeners, folks. In Jesus' yes. precious name, amen and amen. Brother Dave? Yes. I'm just pulling up something here. Takes a minute. Uh, okay, never mind. I'll just read. Okay, contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. Pastor Don's email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal. And you can enter his email address and you'll see Don Spears ministry come up. So go to PayPal, enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and make an offering to this ministry, to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're given to the Lord Jesus Christ and to Pastor Don, but to the Lord Jesus Christ first through this ministry. And you can send offerings, cards, letters, requests for teaching, pictures of yourself to pray over. You know, it's great to have that picture to just think about the person and pray about them. And it just reminds you it's great. And you can send these correspondences to his home address at 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. That's apartment D1. Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep. God bless each and every one of you out there. And I assure you the Lord will bless you for your obedience and your giving. He always has and he always will. He will not. He's not a, he does not lie. Amen, Brother Dave? Absolutely. The Lord will always keep his word and it's in his Absolutely. word. He's bound by his word. Amen. He magnified his word above his very name. <laughs> uh, that's in Psalms 138, by the way, folks, if you want to know where it's at. He magnified this word above his very name. It's more important than his name. Anyway, good night, everyone. God bless each and every one of you. And we'll be back Sunday night with 1 Corinthians Chapter 12. Good night, everyone. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.